With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning. It is a Saturday, January the 12th, 2014. You are now joining the Kitty Bella Show. Welcome to the premiere of the Kitty Bella Show. I am your host, Katrina Goodlett, otherwise known as Kitty Bella. This is a groundbreaking new show on Blog Talk Radio. All kinds of issues here from the mundane to the serious, and go beyond the sensational issues and discuss the real issues that occur in trans folk lives. We will discuss all aspects of my guest's lives. We are so much more than our genitalia. Our lives matter. We have rights, and we will not accept anything less. We will have fun and try to keep it light and a little funky. This show, guys, means so much to me. I have a natural passion for speaking and writing, and this just felt right. The fact is, I'm not supposed to be here as a black trans woman producing and hosting a radio program online. So for me, just being in this space is an accomplishment. But how do we push the agenda forward? How do we continuously elevate the conversation and steer it towards issues of importance? So to discuss this, I have brought on as my first guest someone who is very near and dear to me in the community, someone who has tirelessly fought and continues to fight and advocate for trans-spoken youth, Ms. Lords Ashley Hunter. 2013 marked the 20th year that Lords Ashley Hunter has worked visibly and unapologetically to dismantle transphobic oppression. Her work as a community organizer focuses on building sustainable initiatives that facilitate hope, promise, and pride in our community. Lords is a pastor's kid who grew up in a Pentecostal church. This year, along with Kiara St. James and 11 other powerful and talented trans women of color, Ms. Hunter co-founded the Trans Women of Color Collective of Greater New York. Co-founder an executive board member, Lords governs and galvanized a transformative movement of sisterhood, empowerment, and celebration. These women are on fire and are driven by passion and purpose. 
Ms. Hunter has earned a Bachelor in Social Theory, Structure and Change with concentrations in Race, Class, and Gender Studies. This has been an amazing year for Lourdes. In October, she became part of the executive management team at Resource Generation. Resource Generation works to educate and build leadership of young people with wealth around issues of racial justice and redistribution of land, wealth, and power. Ms. Hunter has solidified her presence as a civic leader, social change philanthropist, and around social justice. Please join me, viewers and listeners, excuse me, listeners, as we welcome the incomparable Ms. Lords. Ashley Hunter. Trina, it's amazing to be here. It's amazing to share in your debut of your project. You know, I have so much respect for the work that you do in the community. And as my girlfriend, it's just great to just chop it up with you and talk about issues that matter, issues that we talk about every day in our lives that don't necessarily get highlighted because folks are so obsessed with our genitalia. Yes, yes. So, we're going to just shoot it up. We're going to just talk it up. And um, the first thing I really wanted to discuss is just aspects of your style. Um, I've seen you in action <laughs> plenty of times in front of large crowds, Lord. You have a very signature, I would say signature, oratory style. Tell our listeners, where does that come from? Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up. And, you know, I feel like the energy and passion that comes out when I'm speaking is just based and rooted in um, pain, anger, survival, just from experiences, my lived experiences, experiences of women like me. You know, I'm empowered by that journey. I'm empowered by that struggle. And I think that all of us have an opportunity to change and impact others' lives. Every opportunity that we open up our mouths is an opportunity to invoke people to change. So that's basically what I'm thinking when I'm speaking. Like, how can I convey to folk, you know, the pain, the struggle, the joy, the sacrifice of trans women of color? I I absolutely feel you, and I believe it, because when I have first seen you speak, um, you know, live myself, not on like a YouTube clip when I went to the uh, Trans Day of Action, I was in mm. awe. I was sitting there with Janet, with Janet Mock, and we're sitting there, and I was just like in awe, like this woman is amazing. Like your your voice, it takes us on a journey, and it really tells a story. And I was just curious after knowing you for a while, you know, and hanging out with you, becoming so close to you over the past year, like where does that come from? So, oh, wow, that's amazing. And, you know, like growing up, you know, in Detroit with my family, I think my mother is a great speaker and orator and, like, so, and my grandmother was a great speaker. So I just, I think I just picked it up from them and just seeing black women, growing up around black, strong women who spoke, you know, their minds, who lived unapologetically, you know, you know, who kicked ass and took names later. So I think that it comes from there, too. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Lord, uh, talking about uh, growing up and stuff, because I know you grew up in Detroit. Yeah. Um, what are some of the qualities from home that has shaped who you are as a person today? Growing up in Detroit, you know, it meant a lot to me um, to be around family. So I think the cornerstones of my upbringing are family, community, and faith. 
And like I said before, growing up around women who were strong, like my mom raised me, um, and I have, like, aunts who were always there for me, and the community was always there. Growing up in the church, you know, it was really community. So we spent a lot of time in the church. We spent a lot of time just with other people. And I think that that's what's cornerstone to me, community, family, and faith. And those principles really stuck with stuck with me growing up and even now today. Wow, amazing. And I know you have been tirelessly advocating for our youth and helping those who suffer from oppression the most. Why do you think it's so important to look after our trans youth population? I think the youth are our future. Well, I know the youth are our future. And it's so important that they are properly set up and supported to carry on this great legacy of empowerment and strength that trans women of color, you know, have been passing down from generation to generation. And what's what's challenging for me and what was challenging for me was even though I grew up around strong black women, there weren't any strong black trans women who inspired me to greatness or who encouraged me or who was there for me when I just needed to navigate different issues that, you know, were so important and so signature to my development and my growth. So I think that for me and many of my friends, I think what we try to do is just be that be that person that we never had, be that big sister, be that person that other trans folk can say, you know what, there are trans people who are doing amazing things, and there are trans people who have been through struggle and who are really putting forth an effort to support trans youth. I think that is so important. It's paramount to us continuing, continuing our legacy. Wonderful. That is everything that needs to be said, Lords. Um, now, you advocate for so many women, and they look up to you. Who has Lords looked, looked, excuse me, looked up to in the past or continue to look up to? Well, you know, Katrina, uh, I would hope that, you know, folks don't necessarily look up to me but look to me, you know, as we are all the same on this journey together. You know, um, my life is not a storybook. You know, I've really been through some things in life that have really shaped how I respond to other people, you know, and how I think about the future and think about those people around me. So I see um, myself as, you know, just like everyone else, you know, so I hope that people look to me, not look up to me, but I know people do that too, and that's fine too. They can have their process. In terms of me, women that I look to um, as I transition um, in life and continue to transition in life, all my sisters, all my peers, all my contemporaries, you know, I look to folk who are experiencing the same dramas and traumas that I'm experiencing, you know, because it gives me this a sense of community and family and faith once again. Like, for instance, you, you know, I love you, Katrina, and I think that you are amazing. The fact that you live unapologetically in your truth inspires me. You know, other women, like Nala Simone, I love her. Even though she's younger than me, you know, I find great strength in that young woman, and she inspires me every single day. The fact that she lives unapologetically in her truth is amazing to me. Other women that I look to, you know, who are no longer here, um, all of the trans women who have sacrificed their lives, whose their lives have been taken, you know, their voices will not be in vain. So I look to them. I look to my sages, you know, those women who have paved the way for us. And, um, yeah, that's awesome. Okay. 
that sounds also awesome. And I know that you also look to historical black iconic women. Can you just name drop a few that you also oh, look God, to? Katie, my yes. time, growing up, my all-time favorite hero was Shirley Chisholm. I love Shirley Ooh. Chisholm. And she Why? What is it about Miss Chisholm that you love? Because she lived unapologetically in her truth. She stood up for what she believed. She was a black woman. She did not allow any type of oppression keep her from striving towards her ambitions. And it inspires me greatly. Other women, of course, are Journal Truth, you know, Mary McLeod Bethune. Mm. These women, you know, who have paved the way for black women to be strong, to be powerful, to live unapologetically, to not have to answer to social constructions that have been prescribed to them. You know, they break the mold. And, yeah, I, I look to those women. That's fabulous. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, go ahead, babe. What you going to say? Yeah, I mean, like, but, you know, everyday women I look to, you know, and we are we can all be inspired by each other, and that's what's important to me. I hear you. So I'm going to switch it up now with the question and talk about something a little light. <laughs> um, I, I know it. you yeah. personally. <laughs> I know you personally, so Ooh. let's just uh, put that out there. Um, you love cooking and healthy living. <laughs> Anybody who is friends with you on Facebook will see tons of your pictures that we know that you <laughs> post. Where does this passion come from with cooking? Oh, my God, I do love to cook, and I do love to cook healthy food and beautiful, delicious foods. And it's not just cooking. It's the entire process of making a list and listening to my body and understanding what my body needs and going to the market and smelling fresh produce and picking out fresh fish and just bringing it home and just appreciating the journey that the food has taken, you know, the people who have grown the food. It's just an amazing experience for me. And then to just get home and create magnificent, delicious, simple dishes that are inexpensive. You know, people think eating healthy is expensive. It's really not, you know. It's expensive in terms of time, effort, but you have to put the time into it. Where it comes from, um, it reminds me of home. It reminds me of family. I've been on the East Coast mm. for nine years in Jersey, not Jersey for two and a half years, New York for nine years, and I'm just my family. And growing up in Detroit, I can always remember cooking was a big thing in our family. All of us would get together, my aunts, my grandmother, my mom, cousins, and we would cook. We would have potlucks. And it was just an amazing opportunity to bond and that whole family piece, that whole community piece comes into play when I'm in my kitchen cooking. I'm bringing my grandmother into the kitchen, bringing my mom into the kitchen, bringing my cousins and my brothers into the kitchen with me as I cook every single day. And so that's the little piece that reminds me of home when I can't be home. So, yeah, and I share, I'd like to share it with everybody, with the world, or with on Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, healthy living is a feeling. You know, personal ecology is a feeling. So, that's where that comes from. That's wonderful. Now, what are some of the projects, can you tell our listeners, what are some of the projects that you're working on now? Whew. Okay, so, of course, like, as you mentioned earlier, um, I'm super, super excited about T-Walk, Trans Women of Color Collective of Greater New York, you know, just working with 13 amazing women who are doing their mm -hmm. own thing in their careers, in their lives, who are being... Mm -hmm. You know, living unapologetically and standing up for who they are. And I love T-Walk, mm -hmm. and I'm so excited about the work that we're doing. We're, we're controlling our narratives. We're taking back our power. 
to create the community that we want to see, that we want to see for ourselves, you know, for the next generation and generations to come. So I'm super excited about T-Walk. I'm also working on developing a ministry at my church. I attend Rivers Every Hope, which you mentioned. And I'm super, super excited about the healing and restoration ministry. And that particular ministry is working to, you know, just educate the black church on all things trans. We are all healing and yet reconciling our relationships with ourselves, with our family, with our higher powers, you know, and with the community. So it's a perfect opportunity for, you know, um, the LGB community and um, even cis straight folk as well to understand um, what it what faith means to trans folk and how we are healers, how we are leaders, how we are sages in the community. And it's time for us to be ushered back to our rightful place in the body of Christ. So I'm so excited about that as well. Um, yeah, professionally, I just got a new gig, you know, uh, director of programs at Resource Generation, which I'm I'm super excited about that, too, because just I've been working in grassroots community organizing my entire career for 20 years and just working in impoverished communities, really understanding the needs of my community because I come from, you know, a poor family. And so just being able to help those folks understand what leadership looks like and how to take back our power and control our narrative has been amazing. And now having the opportunity to do it on another scale, you know, with individuals who are also healing from pain, also dealing with societal pressures to live up to what it is that they're supposed to be, and being able to just develop leadership around this particular community and help them understand, you know, how important giving is, how important it is to be philanthropic and be thoughtful in your giving. So those are three major projects that I'm working on for this year, and um, I'm so excited about them. Yes, I'm very excited as well. Um, you know, for all the projects that are being worked on in the trans community. It's going to be an amazing year for everything trans 2014. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of true, which, like, yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> where, would you, where would you like to see the trans community move and what direction in the next few years? You know, I'm so excited about the movement that's happening in the trans community, more importantly or more specifically in the black trans community. You know, 2013 was an explosive year for us. Yeah, how you doing? And 2014 is going to be even more explosive. And I think more importantly, not so much where I want to see it move, I just love how it's moving organically and how it's happening mm. with purpose and intent and foresight. You know, with all of the black trans everything projects that are happening, um, you have Kokomo with her media ink happening. Yes. Sasha Alexander, Black Media, everything. You know, Kaya Loon. Every every everything is popping off. I right am now. I am love pop. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's an amazing time for us, <laughs> and we are so moving on on. in an organic <laughs> manner. And I'm excited about that, and just excited to be around so many people who have these exciting projects. And not to mention, let's not forget about you and your T-Girls Rock campaign, oh. and then this new blog talk radio. It's an amazing time for us to take. And, if, you know, we just need to step into these roles. They're right there. Take it. We can no longer sit back and wait for some LGB community member or organization to tell us, here, okay, this is your place or this is your space and this is for you. No, I know what I need, and I'm going to make it happen right now. We know exactly what we need. Great. That is so wonderful. Now, we know you're very community-oriented and involved in your career, Lords, but does one make time for dating? <laughs> dating is interesting. Um, 
it's a challenge uh, dating. I think mm-hmm. um, with most women, uh, well, not well, I wouldn't know, but like I know that like it's a challenge for me. And when I talk to my girls, and like when we talk about dating, you know, it's challenging mm-hmm. to find you know the right man, you know, or just someone who understands our journey. You know, um, it's funny you talk. I ran into an ex today on the train. It's so funny, and it's wow. so funny. I'm always running. And when I do, they're always, like, gagging. They're always, like, wow, you know. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's what happens. You know, life goes on. Life moves on. Life, Lord stays fabulous. Lord keeps it moving. So, um, yeah. Can you talk about some of those barriers, Lord? Talk about some of those barriers that we as uh, trans women face while dating. For me, and I'll be specific, like, um, yes, I know. I, I'm a guy. <laughs> I am so particular, you know, and, like, I've seen my mother, um, well, I didn't see my mother. My mother was in an abusive relationship, and mm-hmm. she divorced my father before I saw any of that. And growing up, I never saw a man in my house that was eating our food, drinking our food, feet up on the table, you know what I'm saying, not working. Every man my mother ever dealt with was about something. And so for me, that helped me to teach me my worth. Like, I know what I'm worth. I know what I bring to the table. And I just refuse to, like, settle for anything less than, you know, what I'm bringing to the table, you know, in terms of um, being in touch with community and family and faith, you know, being cognizant and aware of, you know, aggressions and oppression and struggle. You know, I need a man that is that has these things in the for- forefront of his brain, and he understands, you know, the struggles that trans women go through every day. Um, so um, if I meet that guy, then we'll pop it off. But until then, I'm going to continue to focus on my career, focus on helping others, and just being visible and being more, you know, living in my truth. Yeah, so. How you doing? <laughs> right, you know, and I mean, it's, and then like these men, they look at us as pieces of meat. Let's just keep it real. And I'm sick of that and I'm tired of that and I want, I'm not dealing with that, you know, and that's just that. Mm-hmm. No, they certainly do. Um, so one of my last questions I'm going to ask is, uh, you talked about a little bit about River of Rehoboth and uh, you growing up in the church and stuff. Uh, how has your faith played a role in your life, or uh, maybe phrase this better? How has it transcended into the into your transness? You, you get what I'm saying? I do, and it's interesting that you bring that up because growing up in that's black the word. Church, you know, I'm a pastor's <laughs> kid. Yeah, so I. I saw my mom um, struggle deeply with her relationship with the the church as I transitioned at 14 and 15. And growing up in the church, I was, you know, on every board, ran the youth department, you know, was in the choir, you know, was an usher. Like, we spent mostly every day of our lives in the church or doing charity church-type work, you know. And so around 17, you know, I finally had to leave the church I can remember being ushered up to the altar by the ministers and, like, 13 ministers just pouring all over me, trying to pray the gay out of me. And, like, I mm. looked back and saw, like, the pain in my mother's face of what her wow. child was experiencing. And, you know, I had to leave the church. And I never yeah. turned my back on God, even though the church turned its back on me, you know. Ooh. And now 20 years later, it's just amazing um, to have this return, this rebirth, you know, this reclamation of space you know, for me and my faith in the church. And Rivers at Rehoboth is an amazing place. It's not even like a church. It's a community center, you know, where people go to get healed, people go to become educated, people go to have community and to be loved, you know. And 
it's not perfect. No church is perfect, you know, and we have some growing pains, but that's what's amazing, that we're growing together, you know, and we're growing stronger. You know, it's an amazing opportunity. And so faith has really played a huge part in um, my life as I have transcended and transitioned um, throughout different aspects of my life. I don't look at, you know, my life as just a gender transition. I will always be transitioning into, how you, doing? you know, my destiny, you know, and so that's that's how I see that. Wow, that is just all fabulous words. Okay, all we right. are done with the questioning of um, the interviewing portion, darling. Okay. We're going to move to the speed question round. I have five minutes left in the program. And okay. the speed question round is pretty much I'm going to ask for a quick rapid-fire response from you. I'm going to either ask you to pick between two things or I'm going to ask you a question um a non-open-ended question. You just have to give me an answer, okay? Okay. So the first question I'm going to ask, what is your biggest pet peeve? Uh, willful ignorance is my biggest pet peeve. I just can't take Ooh. it. Ooh, I like that one. Um, what is your biggest vice? Pardon? What is your biggest vice? My biggest vice? Mhm. Red wine. Mm. I love, 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 love red wine. <laughs> Pick one. Stiletto or wedge? Stilettos, of course. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> Pick one. Morris Chestnut or Boris Pedojo? The darker the berry, sweeter the juice. So I'm going to go with Morris. <laughs> uh, my last question. Pick one. A villa overlooking Central Park or your own healthy living cooking show on the Food Network? Um, I'll pick the villa overlooking Central Park. You will now I'm going to ask you a question <laughs> behind that. Why? Because I can then invite my friends over and cook for them. Hmm. You're always the ultimate hostess. Well, Lord, we have done it. Thank you so much for joining me on this inaugural show of the Kitty Bella Show. You were absolutely fabulous. Um, Just let our our listeners know. Mm. Oh, absolutely. No, thank you for being here. You are so integral to the community, and it's so important that people really get to learn about us beyond all the other sensational details, but really get to know us, you know, as human beings. Um, yeah, it, I'm sorry. It's so true, Katrina, and you're amazing but, too. You know, come on. <laughs> thank you, babe. No, I appreciate it. Um, so this is just the beginning. We're definitely going to be doing more shows with more guests, and it's just going to be fabulous. And I'm so glad that you joined us today. Thank you so much, Lord. Thanks for having me. Oh, darling. and if you can just let our our list our uh, listeners know, they can uh, Google you. <laughs> like how you say it, Google me, boo. <laughs> they gave me up on Facebook. And Twitter. And all that good stuff. So, uh, Lord's Ashley Hunter. Um, thank you so much, babe. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Katrina. No problem.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 